Postgame beers. We are the Lepton Drinking Club, or well, most of the Lepton Drinking Club. I'm your host tonight, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors on Twitter, joined by our producer Ray Cartwright at Ray Cartwright. Also joined again by uh, probably probably kind of a pseudo member of the podcast at this, <laughs> this point, maybe our baseball season specialist. I don't know, but welcome back, Matt Pert. Matt, good to see you again. Glad to be here. Wish it was are on better you, terms. Are Wish you glad it was on to better be terms? <laughs> I'm glad to see you guys. It's honesty night on post game. Yeah. Years, so are you glad to be here? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I'm glad to see your faces. That's that's all I got. That's that's true. That's true. Um, He's our go to when things are not going well for Frogfall. <laughs> it just kind of like works out that joined, way. You know, it's turned. Yeah, it's not like yeah, we're not. It's not like oh, TCU sucked this weekend. Let's call Matt and bitch <laughs> to him. You know help him make us feel better it just kind of works out that way it seems but uh tonight no mk no garrett as they are boycotting the podcast until the tc baseball admin finds their nuts <laughs> and posts the final score of the freaking game today why am i so annoyed by this it's just because it's kind of a bad look it's not worth like getting mad about things on twitter but it seems like I do, and most people do more often than they should. So, yeah, we get our ass kicked today, and they just kind of say, "All right, well, DBU on Tuesday." Yeah, and I think that so opens cowardly your... to me. I don't, I don't like. We get our ass kicked. That's fine. Okay, it happens. But to like look like cowards in doing it, it's a bad look. It opens yourself up to more ridicule. Yeah, it's just people are going to notice it on the it chin. More. Yeah, exactly. And take it on and the honestly, chin. If you, if you look at them now. That's what people are looking for with literally every team in all sports. Like when something bad, like when they get blown out, everyone's looking like post the final score, post the final score, post yeah. the final. Oh like, yeah, we do it all the time. That's the only thing. Like so, it's like you you just walk into this. Like people are looking for this because they're making content out of it. Yeah, and you know we've we've had it happen too. Like I think maybe I don't know. I might be guessing here, but when we swept Tech last year, maybe I think they might have just kind of avoided you know up doing their job. And updating their followers on you know what's going on, and we as we should we jumped all over them, and then caught a block. And, and it was cool. It was kind of cool to see ECU fans, fans, you know, just jumping in and saying, "What the hell are y'all doing? Y'all making us look bad." But anyway, enough about that. Um, so before, we're going to talk about baseball, I guess. But <laughs> before we do that, so let's let's get a weekend check, um, Ray. Well, I didn't talk. I wasn't very involved in the group chat this weekend. So, uh, what'd you get into this weekend? Not shit. I was okay. Matt, what did you do sad. this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> oh no, uh, it was a good weekend. Um, I was out uh, at uh, SES uh, Southwest Christian. Uh, we had two games this weekend: Friday night, Saturday, and Friday night. 
Who's um, we? So uh, I volunteer there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I actually nice. uh, I volunteer at the team. You know, that's where my daughter goes to school. So figured it's a good good place to to mix it in and, and uh, watch some high school baseball. Forgotten what high school baseball looks like. It's been a while. Um, so it's fun to fun to watch uh, that kind of stuff. So we had a couple of those games, and then you know just uh, getting ready for the next week. Very cool. Very cool. Y'all yeah, do a see, bunch I'm of meal looking. prepping around the Perk household on Sundays. Sunday, Sunday is uh, it will be closed my wife's favorite day because it's trash day and prep day. So there's a lot, a lot of moving parts on Sundays. He does seem like quite the organizer. Yes, yes. We're actually when I hop off here, uh, I've got orders to make sure that the garage fridge is cleaned out so we have to have the overflow ready. <laughs> there's something to be said about squared away, you know. Whether it's and Sunday's a good day for that. I fail at it often than not. I'm usually uh. I don't know, just trying to enjoy the last bit of my weekend. And then I wake up Monday morning in scramble mode. Like, ah, let me dig some clothes out of my closet for work. (laughs) Let me, I'm, uh, I'm running late. Picking Uh, something up off the ground, giving it the sniff test. Yeah. "Ah, It doesn't smell that bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I I did forget to mention, um, so no MK, no Garrett. I didn't mention Martin. He is coming back from Love Field after a weekend up in the hills in Morgantown. So he'll be on shortly to give us his stories from up there. Um, so my weekend, guys, I was out at, what is it called? TPC Las Colinas or something, the golf course in Las Colinas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Four, the- I don't I don't even really know which golf course it was. It might have been the Four Seasons, I guess. But they were doing the um, Invited Celebrity Challenge up there. So it's a it's an old man PGA golf tour. But then you have, you know, Tony Romo and Mike Madonna and those guys out there. Got a picture with Mike Madonna. I was pretty happy about that. Did you give him a go stars? No, I just told him he was my favorite player when I was a kid, and he seemed oh, really appreciative of that. Him. Well, a until, little bit until well, he joined the know, front like, office of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was okay. So it's I'm a enemy. giant stars. I'm a giant stars fan, as you can tell by my sweater. We just beat the Wild tonight, so that's cool. And when I was a kid, Mike Madonna was just he was incredible to watch, and he wasn't really my favorite player though. That was Jamie Langenbrunner, number sixteen. Oh, Darian Hatcher for me. I love Darian Hatcher. <laughs> yeah, that, that, fun to watch him. You know, he was my mom's favorite for some reason. I don't, I don't really know. But, uh, no, it was. Don't ask too many questions on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, why? Uh, no, it was really player? cool. Don't was, worry about it. Yeah. Um, and boy, did he just absolutely stripe one off the tee on one and just just absolutely obliterated that drive. So that was fun. Um, pretty cool. I didn't go today because I don't. I was tired. Question about Tony Romo. Tones Rones. So I Tones just saw Rones. him in a, a Skechers commercial not too long ago. Is he dyeing his hair? That looks ultra black. You know, what's really funny, Ray, is um, what it, when his tea time was like 12.50 yesterday, and it was like 12.30, and I was like, he's got to be coming to the range soon. And I'm I'm looking down the range and I'm like, where the hell is he? And um, I was like, maybe that's him on the end. I walked down there. I was like, that ain't him. That doesn't look like him at all. And sure as hell, it was him. And yeah, to your point, he looks different. I think he he's different. dying his hair. He's gained some weight too. That broadcast, that, that broadcast, uh, you know, package that they get. Yeah, you can't have yeah. salt and pepper. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. So. You know, I think uh, I have some gray hairs after yeah. this weekend, though. So let's let's get into it, guys. I don't think there's any point in doing game recaps. Nope. I mean, if anybody's listening to this, they know what the we hell happened. Lost. Although, I mean, there 
there were crucial moments inside. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the games. games, but I don't need to go into like, you know, recapping yeah, each for game. Sure. Forget it. We're on four. Who gives a shit what the re- <laughs> like who cares? Yeah. So, I want to start off. Let's let's just dive right in. So, we got some Twitter questions tonight and uh there's I'm going to ask two and then we'll go around the horn and talk about it. The first one is from Tommy at TRF51. Has this team given up? How else would you explain the piss poor performance? The second question is from at Jeffrey Looker. Can this team turn it on and make a run? I think they have the talent, but it hasn't translated to wins this season, especially recently. Can't say it better myself. So, guys, with those two questions in mind to frame the conversation, let's just open it up and talk. So to the first question, I, it's hard. I don't think they've given up. I mean, these are student athletes. They've got pride, but their body language is just awful. So I think there's degrees to it, right? I think you can give up without comp- like, okay, so there's, there's levels between, you know, giving it your absolute best, like it's game three in the championship series in Omaha and withdrawing your name from the roster there's nuances in in that scale right they're definitely not playing at a 10 they're not playing at a one so where are they on the scale of you know giving up and giving it their all i think it's a roller coaster i mean i I just look at it as it it looks like the you can see how heavy the weight of defeat is on them right now and you can see that it's affecting like their thought process, their body language, like their approaches, like what they're trying to do. You're seeing a lot of guys press. It's ultimately what we're coming down to is you're just yeah. seeing guys press all throughout the lineup, everyone on the mound, like everyone's trying to be the guy to turn it around. You right. know what I mean? And, and so I think what you're seeing is just this cascade of where you are on a huge upslope coming out of Oklahoma State, huge mm-hmm. upslope, and then it just – started to tick down, tick down. You'd lose those two out of three to UNC Wilmington. Then you like, okay, how are we going to respond to Lamar? Then you get punched in the mouth by Lamar. And then it's like, okay, how are we gonna... and then just, you have these. So it's like, I just see that the weight of defeat is really kind of hanging on them. And you know, you can really tell that there wasn't a bat this weekend from Braden Taylor. I think the bases were loaded and he strikes out and yep. it was the hardest I've ever seen him swing at a pitch. Like he almost Tasmanian deviled himself. He swung so hard. Yeah, I, man. Yeah. And you bring that up. And I think at some point, maybe not tonight, but we got to talk about Braden Taylor and just kind of give an honest evaluation of his year. Cause it started to creep into my mind this weekend. If, we're getting to a point where he might be playing himself into coming back to school next year, (laughs) which I I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but it was at least worth thinking about it because like, I I I haven't looked at where the draft projections are and I'm sure he's fine, but in a world where like in some hypothetical world, he goes from first round pick to 10th round. I know, I know I'm not actually saying that this is, you know, you're, real life, but what, what you're gonna see is like like mind. top ten pick to like top twenty pick is what you're is what you're. Yeah, gonna I mean, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, it it wasn't a it wasn't like a you know real opinion that I had, but it at least started no, no. to creep in my mind to at least think about it. You know, yeah. So no, I, I, yeah, I, the the if, if anyone you know not to burst anybody's bubble out there, but if there's anyone in the frog faithful that think that Braden Taylor fifty five is coming back next year, <laughs> no, you are wrong. He will not be there. 
like he will be playing professional baseball because there are plenty of everything that I've that I know and hear from the other side of the, the aisle is they're just ready to get his name on their in their uniform. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's the yeah, that's the smart answer for sure. And yeah, I hope nobody's thinking I was trying to ask a dumb question. It was just kind of a thought, a thought that no. came to my mind. Hey, at this point, all thoughts are coming out. There's no, there's, <laughs> yeah. At this point, everything's going to come out. Um, to the second, okay, so the yeah, second let's, part, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They're still, I still think they're a regional team. They've got a 12 game homestand. They play better at home. And this is the time for them to, you know, it's not nut crunch time. You know, it's get up and go. You've got Texas coming in. They're struggling too, just like TCU. You got Cal State the next weekend. You know, a couple midweek games in between. Uh, I still think they're a regional team, probably a three seed at this point. Hey, Matt, I got a question. What is the difference between a two and a three? seed like realistically honestly there's not a lot of difference i mean at that point you just it's a way for when they get into that part of like because they you know they say when they go through and they do like the top 16 seeds and then they're like okay who the next you know 16 seeds is like it's that process but when you talk about it it really just comes down to you being a two or three a lot of it's just regional base at that point you know what i mean like it's a, a lot of it's just regional base where you've got teams that you're like, oh, okay, well, they could be either one. They're closer to this. We've already got a two in Arkansas. All right, they'll be the three because they're, you know, we don't have to. So, like, that part of it never changes. Um, you know, the the difference between ones and twos is, is you know, more significant. But two and three, you're basically just plug and play the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't affect, you know, pitching matchups or anything like that. So, well, you just, yeah. if you're in the two and three game, you have to throw your number one. That's just because you got to get, you got to get, you got to be in the winner's bracket because, you know, there's not a lot of teams that not a lot of teams that have enough depth to lose the first game and then run the table, play two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and win a game on Monday. Yeah, and I guess for this team right now, like to lead it into pitching, you know, I guess that would be Klecker. But after that, I thought you saw what? some encouraging signs this weekend. Okay, tell me about him, Luis Rodriguez. Okay, he looked really good on Saturday, really, really good. Woohoo! No, I'm kidding. You're right. He did. Uh, um, I, I guess my go ahead. I'll, go ahead. I'll say for this team to make a run and to go places that that they want to go and that we expect them to go, it is going to hinge on the nine guys that are sitting out in left field, and that if they cannot find a semblance of performance out there. Based yeah. on guy after guy, I mean, and that's what you saw, what you've seen this week. This week, completely, it hasn't been you know necessarily the guy that started the game. It's just been if it hasn't been the second guy, it's been the third guy, and it's just there's no there's no continuity between when they're passing it to each other, and we're not going you know zeros and zeros and zeros and zeros. It's like this guy does good, this guy doesn't. This guy does good, this guy doesn't. Like there's just so. Yep. That that is literally what this team, what this season is going to hinge on, is the nine guys that are out there. If they can put it together, which they have the talent to do, and I know that they're yeah. obviously trying, but like, but they've got to like they they are the group that will carry this team as far as they go. And the two new additions to those guys in left field, um, Ryan Vanderhei, Cam Brown, who for this weekend were your 
Friday and Sunday starters, and they're not getting it done, man. And that no. me been the most thing about the entire season. Two thirds of your pitching rotation. That honestly, if they're on, then you're talking about hosting. But them struggling pretty much for the last you know, month plus, it in this team to you know from hosting to how do we make the tournament and yeah. never return to a starting role, then God, they at least got to freaking contribute out of the pen. But boy, we didn't get much out of them this weekend from the pen either. Well, I think this was like the first time you saw three freshmen throw in a weekend series. Like, I don't even know if I don't know when the last time it happened. It was prior. It I don't. I can't me. think of a year that's happened. I think it predated me. Uh, you know, I've never heard of of three freshmen, true freshmen starting. You know, on a weekend. So it just it shows you that it just they're searching for answers. You know, and they're looking at every every corner and every facet. And I mean, you're you just say, hey, who's who's throwing the most strikes and who's doing the best? Let's give them a shot. You know, and that's why you see Ben starting the game today. You know what I mean? And and so it's just it's but that's like I said, that group out there, they are going to have to be the the drivers. And you know, if they can put it together, then then we'll get where we want to go. If not, that's when we're gonna we might see an early uh, uh early seed at home. Yeah, it kind of seems like, you know, you go back to the pressing thing where these guys are coming in and everyone's talking about them. That's all anyone is ever, ever talking about these, this last month has been the bullpen and the pitching in general. And they're putting so much pressure on themselves to make a perfect pitch that they can't find the strike zone. They're hitting guys, throwing wild pitches. They're just all over the place. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on on the road, but geez, I, I'm just, I don't know, guys. I'm pretty discouraged. So I feel like my thoughts are kind of scattered right now. It's hard not to be after watching that today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we started to, after last week, you know, they, they lose two out of three to Wilmington. And that sucks. You know, it was an RPI killer, but it wasn't like it was a conference series. So we said, you know what? Okay, that sucks, but figure it out. Go to West Virginia, win two or three, and you're back on track. And then we took some heat on Twitter for being too optimistic. And I'm like, our RPI was at 28. You know, they were yeah. saying, oh, this team, this hosting, you're still talking about hosting. Yeah, when the RPI is at 28 and most of your, most of your opponents are quad one opponents, you can take, take care of business against them. And now you're in the top 20 with a conference championship. Hell yeah, we're talking about hosting. Well, yeah. okay, for everybody that wants us to be down and negative, that shit's gone. Yeah, that died like, on Saturday. For sure. Um, and like, now it's, you know, okay, so right now they sit at 51, which I got to be honest, I was kind of shocked to see them in the 50s. I thought I was going to look and see them in the 60s somewhere. And you still have one Oklahoma opponents. State are I mean, holding them up. Yeah, for sure. And they still have, okay, so K-State sits at 66, Texas at 20. Where did I see them? Where's Texas? He's in the 30s uh, 39. Now. Okay, 39. So Texas got swept at OU. I mean, um, post-game beers UT is having this same conversation right now probably as we are, right? Yeah. Um, uh, occupy a left field down bad yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we probably need to book a Texas guest for Wednesday. <laughs> 
and uh, let's, you know, just kind of have a funeral, a joint funeral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the battle of the dead speaking <laughs> yeah. in Texas. Like, man, oh my gosh, I, it just occurred to me that, okay, so Texas comes down next week. Gosh, you're talking about two teams trying to pretty much save their season at this yeah. point. Make the, not, not make the Big the 12 tournament. Lead. Yeah. Make, make the, the Big yeah. 12 tournament. Because, <laughs> I mean, if we're looking at conference standings, we are one win ahead uh, in the win column ahead of Baylor, and they are ninth in the conference. Yeah. It's bad. Man, who so would have thought this is, that this series... series between the series this weekend uh, uh, can sway if you actually get into the Big 12 tournament? God, we're sitting there. Okay. So we're sitting at seven and eight. Um, what that's good for seventh place, tied with Oklahoma. Um, but then there's Tech at eight and seven. I wonder how happy they are about that. Texas at eight and seven. And then just, uh, somehow Oklahoma State, after you know losing two out of three to us and two out of three to West Virginia, they're sitting there at 11 and seven and with a real chance to win the. Like they're getting all the help right now. West Virginia sits in the lead at eight and four. What a what a mess! It's well, just we mess. would be getting all the help if we would actually be winning games. If we'd help ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We're just not helping ourselves. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Well, as TCU baseball Twitter said, we have DBU coming to town on Tuesday. That's that would be a quad one win, and then Texas like. But they got a they got a pitch better, man. It's it's no longer like oh, okay, we pitched bad this weekend. We'll get it back on track. It's now like a steady, consistent trend of bad pitching, pretty much outside of Cole Klecker. And you're right, out of the bullpen. Yeah. What's up, Martin? What's up, boys? How you doing? A little tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a very sad podcast tonight. Um, let's see. Let's. There was another Twitter question I wanted to get into. Uh, maybe not. Okay. Um, so is there anything else you guys want to hit on from the weekend series? Because oh, man, pretty I've much got, we got I've our got, ass kicked. and I've got so much. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go into <laughs> it. Uh, first off, bullpen management. Um, I'd, again, you know, we've had this same question come up. More than a couple of times this year, and on Saturday it reared its ugly head in a very winnable game. You have Luis Rodriguez go out, pitch very strong, only to see it quickly undone by the bullpen. And you're thinking, well, okay, they brought in Luke Savage. I don't think there was any way Luke Savage should have pitched on Saturday. He just came back from – he's been having shoulder problems – just comes back this week, hits an inning against Lamar, and then an inning on Friday. Now, okay, he only threw 11 pitches, but he also threw all these pitches in the bullpen warming up, and there's just no way you pitch him on back-to-back days that soon coming back. I, it blew my mind. And then to go from Luke to Vanderhigh, who you've taken out of a starting role and then you bring them in a high leverage bullpen situation. That's not a recipe for success. You're setting them up to fail. It's, it, what are we doing? Matt, any rebuttal or. No, I mean, I, I think that, I, I mean, I think he hits it kind of on the nose. I mean, I just Luke having three outings in less than six days after being on the shelf for a while, like, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just tough for anybody. I mean, it's tough for a guy that's not on the shelf, you know what I mean? To have it regardless of pitches and all that kind of stuff, just 
the fact that you throw three times in the in three games. Um, so that's you know that part of it. But I mean, in all reality, right now, um, in a high leverage situation, Garrett has to be the one, even if it's the fifth inning. If it's the fifth inning, if it's the ninth inning, it's it, it, in any of that situation. Like Garrett's got to be the one, and you got to ride him as much as you can, and then you just kind of find the pieces at the end. Like you know what I mean. So yeah. I think that's the that's the biggest thing that you're looking at is that he is he is your fire. He's your fire guy. So if it's if it, he's the one that's going to put it out, he's the one that's going to stabilize, and you know, and after that, you just got to challenge guys to step up. You know what I mean? Say like, hey, look. We can't wait to pitch him in the ninth because we don't know if we're going to have it there right now. So, hey, we need you to pitch in the sixth. And the sixth inning is the most – and, you know, that's and kind of how you look at it, especially when you get in this part of the season. Man, you're playing nine one-inning games mm-hmm. in a, in, inside one baseball game. It is nine one-inning games. You're literally trying to win every single one of them. And so, you know, if that means that he's got to pitch in the fifth and sixth, then so be it. Just win yeah. those innings and, and give yourself a chance because, like I said, the offense can come – in waves, you know what I mean? Like they can show up and it's like, but if you wait and that's a tough, and like I said, that's the hardest thing to do is, is pick your spots because you don't want to run them out too early. And then you get late in the game and you're like, well, crap, who do we throw now? You know what I mean? That's right. All, but sure. if you never get to that situation, then you don't have the opportunities. I guess, I guess one, one thing um, I could say in defense of Kirk is, you know, we can talk about bullpen management, but that becomes a really hard job when you never know what you're going to get out of yes. any particular guy on any given yes. night. Yeah. You know, yeah, for you're, sure. I mean, but that's Saturday just the, was that's the what game they're seeing is just searching. They're just searching for guys to throw strikes and get outs in big moments. And right now they don't have, an, they don't have enough of them. Um, you know, and the only way you're going to find out is guys continue to be out there, but you know, it's tough to, it's tough to watch, you know, when multiple guys, and I think that's the biggest thing is that, They've got to figure out a way to kind of rally up together as a group and just be like, hey, we got we got to do our job. We got to do our job. That's what basically, you know, everything's they're looking at us and we got to if we got to carry the torch, let's carry it. Yeah, I guess. You know, OK, go ahead, Ray. I, was yeah, saying, go ahead. I get it. Uh, but, you know, saving you didn't use Garrett right at all. Instead, you throw him in the fifth inning today in a blowout game for him to settle the game down. You bring him in, and okay, he shuts down the sixth and seventh inning. That takes pressure off your offense because now you're hitting with a lead. They're not having to press. They're not, you know, going up there feeling like they have to hit a mammoth home run to keep a keep them in contention. Because right after that meltdown, the bats went silent on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Um not a whole lot of good to talk about. It's also because those bats went silent because West Virginia does have good bullpen arms and they got guys coming in throwing 97, 98 and throwing strikes. And we just don't have that. It's just, it's just annoying to me that yeah, West Virginia is a good team, but overall you have more talent than them. I mean, you out recruit the hell out of them. You can't go in there and get a game. No, for sure. Yeah. And that's why Saturday is the game that's most annoying. TCU should have won Saturday. Uh, Friday was like a 50-50 game. You know, we had our best pitcher on the mound. They had their best pitcher on the mound. Um, It was really just – Friday came down to two pitches by Cole Klecker where, um, you know – Hanging breaking balls. 
the the first the first home run. So the guy that walks in front of the home run, I think he threw him strike three. But the, anyways, he gets walked. And then the next guy, it's two two count. I think he threw him strike three again, and it's a full count now. And then he he hits the next one out of the ballpark, and that's two runs right there, and we lose by one run. Yeah. Uh, more to so, Friday night, the offense. So, yep. You know, top of the sixth inning, you have runners on first and second. There's two outs. Eli smokes one to the outfield. It didn't appear like the runners were in motion. I know Curtis Byrne is slow. He's on second base, but how are you on just standing on third with two outs when the ball's hitting the outfield like that? You should be scoring. Yeah. And then the very next inning, top of the seventh, Trey Richardson gets picked off at second. His base running is getting on my nerves. Two batters later, Austin Davids hits a double. And that's two runs right there you've taken off the board and you lose by one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You could I mean, have what, easily what, won this weekend series. Yeah. What, yeah. And what, what we're seeing too is all this stuff gets amplified when you're not winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's the, 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 the consensus. And like, you know, that's what people are hearing in our voices and that's what they're seeing, you know, across social media is like these things get amplified when you're not winning. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to go back and look at the top of the sixth. You win two out of three. They're not going to look at Curtis not scoring from second base or getting picked off at second, you know, but because the results aren't there, these things get amplified, you know what I mean? And and it's never a question of like, are they trying to self-sabotage? None of them are trying to self-sabotage, but it just, all those little things pop up. And, you know, at the end of the day, we've watched enough baseball and been around enough baseball that those are literally the, you know, the things that get you to where you want to go. Those are the things that get you a trophy at the end of this, you know, at the end of this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like you think about last year, Ole Miss was left for dead, but they were left for dead. Like they were one more weekend, bad weekend away from Bianco probably getting fired and then looking for a new coach midseason. And then all of a sudden they turned around and they started to do all those things. And that's what it ends up looking like. You know what I mean? Even the same for Oklahoma. Like if you can think about last year, the two teams that played for a national championship last year, both of them on the same weekend were one loss away from being dead, like, and Mm -hmm. being out of it completely. Mm -hmm. And like, and both of those teams then turned it around and you saw what the result was. And so I think in the final weekend of the regular season, OU was playing in Lubbock, I believe. And they were championship. They were on. They were in Sunday down, you know, o two in the series, looking at a. Sw- I think they got down early in that game and came back and won it, and then basically didn't lose for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. like I say when you when, when the results are not what you want them to be, these things get amplified, and and it's just it's one of those things where you have to make sure that those are not the reasons why you lose. Yeah, I think if we were talking about a TCU team that was consistent week in and week out then we would kind of have a good idea of what's going to happen. But one thing we know from this, we have no idea what we're going to get on any weekend, you know? No, from it goes from pitching to the bats. Like this weekend, yeah. they left 29 runners and, on base. And person to person. Just when we yeah. think like Luke Boyers probably shouldn't be in the lineup, he becomes the best hitter on the team. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so and so, that's such a hard place to coach from. I'll tell you, it's such a like is the conversations sure. that you have are just like 
I don't know. Like, you know, it, you, you right. go palms up here. It's like, I don't know. And, but it's like, but we can't afford to like not see if it happened. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. it's such a tough spot to be in. And like, you're trying to make calls and you're trying to push guys. And you're just like, all you're asking from is like, Hey, just show me something consistent. Whether so good, basically or- it's uh hope is now a strategy. <laughs> like yeah. that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, but speaking I mean, of coaching, Matt, um, we had TJ Bruce on the pod last week, uh, Wednesday night, I guess. And uh, first of all, thank you, Coach. I mean, it's midseason and, you know, we're in a tough stretch. So really cool of him to come on and speak pretty candidly. Um, you listened to the interview. What what were some takeaways you had from that? What did you find interesting? I think the biggest thing that stands out is just the what it takes to be a new coach coming into a place that's had someone established for a very long time. Um, and you're coming into a situation, you know, Coach Mo had been here, you know, for since 2013. You know what I mean? And he had instilled his system. These guys knew it. They, they, you know, lived, breathed, slept it. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so for him to come in, you know, that's a really tough spot to come into because you're trying to keep the things that have made the program successful, but you're also trying to implement the things that you know that you've seen success with and that you believe in. You know what I mean? And so that's one thing that stood out to me. Like that's a tough, a tough spot to be in because you're asking some guy, some of these guys, like. Hey, that they've heard it for three years, the same language, the same mantra, like all this stuff they've, you know, that's what they've done. And now you're asking, okay, Hey, we want to, I'm going to, we're going to do it just a little bit different or we're going to do it this way. And so it's tough, you know, it's tough to do that. It's tough to ask a guy to come in and just all of a sudden just, you know, be able to have guys completely buy into it. You know, TCU does a really good job of, of preaching that, but at the same time, it's still, it's still difficult because you've got these kids that have kind of had, you know, the system. And I'll say on top of it, he's in a very particular situation because of the key transfers that came in. You're getting guys from other programs. So not only you're trying to extract them into TCU stuff, you're trying to extract out what they've learned at different schools altogether. You know what I'm saying? So that's a really tough. And so, I mean, I super, super commend him, man, for, for, you know, the job that he's been trying to do with these guys and, and, and pushing them. And I mean, it's just one of those things where when you're in that world, you know how hard that can be, especially year one, especially with the expectations that that are that are there for this kind of program. Um, but man, it's it's it can be it can be tough. But I know you know I know he's pouring into them, and and I'm, I'm hoping the guys are listening and buying into him because you know if he didn't want to be here, he wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Like he he like he said, he could have just stayed where he was, and so he chose to come in for a reason, and and the players were part of that reason. So, but uh, that's what stood out to me with that one for sure. Okay. Do you think that? That's kind of why, you know, TCU's offense has kind of been led by two freshmen and Carson Bowen and Anthony Silva because they haven't had, you know, those different voices or whatever, you know, they've just gotten his message or whatever, you know, and you see some of the upperclassmen and they've been the ones that have been kind of struggling this year. You know, same also to Carson, you know, Cole Fontenelle too, you know, I don't know how – Ju- what juco balls like but you come in mash yeah. yeah that's what juco yeah. ball is mash big old boys hitting it far yeah so he comes in and he's kind of in that same boat as mm-hmm. carson and silva and they've really been the ones pacing the offense mm-hmm. yeah i mean and you're gonna see this more and more with the transfer portal being the way it is you're just gonna see this even even with established coaches you know what i mean because you're like i said some of these guys that you're bringing in this could be their third school in three years 
you know, and they've heard different things every stop along the way, what's important, what's not important, what we're doing, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, it, it's, it's one of those things where I also think that the, the, um, the gift of youth, uh, helps, helps Anthony and, and Carson for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're just, uh, in a, in a sense, kind of happy to be here. Um, and so they're just making sure that they, you know, do what they can to, to, to help the team and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I just think, I think though, you're going to see this is not going to just be a TCU thing. This is going to be an everywhere thing eventually here pretty quick because of how much these schools are pulling guys from other where other places and, and just trying to make that work. And I think you heard Bruce speak on that to an extent, you know, and saying that college baseball has gotten away from the player development model and it's wins and losses now. That's all that that's the driving bus. You know, it's not we're developing these kids. Yeah, that's why you're gonna see a bunch of cancellations here in the midweeks in the next three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think for TCU, um, you know, the only one they really can think about canceling is UT Rio Grande Valley, but I kind of think they need to play that. I, I'm to just get their about confidence to say this, back. <laughs> I'm about to say the same thing. Get some guys some low leverage innings. Hopefully, yeah. You know, I I, I totally agree. Um. Okay, Ray. Did you have any anything else on the weekend? For the weekend, no. I mean, other than briefly touched on the offense, leaving 29 men on base. This weekend is extremely tough. Yeah, and I've always been a I've always been the believer that I don't really see guys left on base as really a negative stat per se. Like, do you want to score them? Yeah, but you know how we can uh, be better at not leaving guys on base. Don't get them on base in the first place. Yeah, like I think that's kind of more chance luck thing than it is like, oh, uh, you know guys on base and now you know whoever at the plate is going to be a worse hitter because there's guys on base i, I just in that i think no. as long as you keep getting guys on base it will eventually turn out your way but it just shows or at least you know be more 50 50 than it, it goes to show that they've kind of struggled hitting in key <clears throat> moments you know they've put up a lot of big numbers this year but yeah. you don't see them stringing a lot of things together um get a lot of man it just feels like there's a lot of bases loaded one out situations that they leave empty-handed yeah they strike out too much yeah i mean yeah for sure i mean like like I, i agree with you jacob about the you know if you got a lot of guys left on base you know throughout a season it's gonna fix itself because You know, a lot of it is luck, like you said, 50-50. But when you're striking out way more than you're, you know, you just don't have those productive outs. Yeah. Where you could, you know, a sack fly or, you know, hitting it to second base with a runner on third, you know, and and bringing in that run. Uh, A lot of times we just just end up striking out. And then there's two outs and then, you know. Yeah, I think think the conversation, if you you want to point to something in a negative way here, it should center why are we striking out so much? You know? Yeah. I mean, to an extent, but I mean, that's the way the game has kind of. Well, well, Ray, I wanted to, the years. I wanted to say this though, about like, cause when you're at the plate, I mean, you're trying to do your best, whether it's good or not. Right. You know, it's not like, 
oh, guys on base. Now I need to try harder than I did last at bat when nobody was on. Like you're you're still up there trying to read the ball out of the pitcher's hand and make good contact. May, if anything, maybe they're trying to think too much about I need to ground out to second, you know? Yeah, it's, and it goes back to what we talked about with Bruce, you know, these guys have got so much going on up top in their head that they're trying to work through, you know, just simplifying the game. Yeah. So like from a personal example, and you know, this goes to high school baseball, however relevant that is, but I would, they would, coaches would try to say, well, you need to go the other way, you know, go the (laughs) other way with the ball. Right. So they start trying to beat that into me. Now I'm up there thinking, all right, I need to take the ball the other way, you know, and I wasn't good at it. So now I'm, you know, I'm a less um, effective hitter because I'm concentrating so hard on this one thing that's being coached to me. And maybe there's some of that like, oh, guy on third, one out, you know, ground out, hit a fly ball. And if they're if they're up there trying to think about that too much instead of just being a natural athlete, being a hitter, you know, maybe there's something to that. And then they're thinking about that so hard they're striking out. not from a it's not from a lack of work because i know that situationally they do that stuff on right. a regular basis you know what i mean like they work on those things like and that's that's every program i mean you're you're going to spend a majority of your sure. practice especially it's not just like hey let's go hit five rounds of five you know what i mean like let's let's have a purpose of what we're doing yeah so, and I, but, i'm not suggesting they should completely abandon situational hitting i just kind of wonder if yeah. mentally it's it's too much of a distraction it's it's, it's to me it's just it's the fact of of how the last few weeks have transpired that weight is pushing them to go into where they're where they're forcing things instead of letting it come to them. You know what I mean? And that's just a natural reaction when when your team's not playing well, you try to you know everyone's looking to somebody to do to to break break them through. You know what I mean? And so and then right. or everyone's trying to be the guy to break them through. And that's when you just get outside of what you're good at. You know what I mean? And that and that's where you find yourself in the situation where you're striking out in a normal situation where you would put the ball in play or things like that, or you'd be able to do that. It's just I, I like I said from from earlier, it's just it's that weight of what's happening and they know it. And that's the thing, is like okay. if you don't think that all these kids know the repercussions of these losses, like you're crazy. Like they know it, they talk about it, they understand yeah. it. Like yeah. if you're in that locker room, like it's like, guys, we are like we're on the verge right now. Like we're on a cliff. And if we keep going this way, it's over. So it's like it's not from a lack of awareness by them. I think that sometimes it's it's that because they're so aware of it that it gets them outside of of what they do really well. And then that's where right. you just gotta you gotta lean into them and just continue to tell them focus on your process, focus on your process. It gets old, it gets boring, it sounds dumb, but it's the only thing that's gonna get you out as a team versus just a you know a one guy trying to be the hero. Right. It's also so, gonna be pretty hard hitting. You know, with the starters have been struggling up until really, I mean, I mean, you saw it a little bit this weekend, but whenever it's the first or it's the second, third inning and it's you're down seven, nothing. I can't imagine how hard that that is. Yeah. And and that was the next point I wanted to make. It's like, you know, we can talk about the offense and everything and bullpen arms. But to me, if Cam and Brown and Ryan Vanderheide don't get back on track, we don't have enough arms to compete. So, Matt, um, at this point, from what you've seen with these guys for the last month and plus, is there any hope for them left? Always. There's always yeah. hope. Baseball, baseball's, baseball's weird, so there's always hope. <laughs> like know. today, like I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't watch the game today. 
you know, because by the time you I, saved yourself, Martin, but she didn't watch the game today. Uh, by the time I, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, watch Martin, the Martin pitch was of the already, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Martin, oh. I want to get into your trip for sure, but I watched. Um, there's a, the there's I, a reason why. There's a reason why. By the time I checked into the game today, they were down seven nothing, and I was like, "Well, if they don't want to be out there playing, then why do I want to be here to watch?" And you almost so, missed the comeback. It, it was, was sure, and, yeah. and so like you it almost was, missed it. So they were. They were starting to inch back in. So I was like, okay, I'll check in. And they're bringing Cam Brown into pitch. And he spiked two curveballs into the dirt in his warm-up pitches. They went to the backstop. And I said, nope, not sticking around for this crap. I'm out. So I watched watched warm-up pitches of the game today. Yeah, I remember texting you. Oh, he fired a first pitch strike. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and then oh and my! And the next goodness. thing I know, you're tweeting a run rule. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, it was so painful to watch. I felt he did not have command of anything, and it was and weird too. New. It seemed like him and Carson weren't even on the same page. Because there was more than a couple of times that he would mix Carson up and Carson's not expecting a certain pitch to come in and it's either going for a wild pitch or it's bouncing off his glove and uh, rolling in front of him. Which is weird since it's not like, you know, they're giving hand signs and they misunderstood the hand signs. It's almost, I mean, they're basically just talking from the dugout straight to the pitcher and catcher, throw this pitch in this location. They're texting. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They understand even better. Yeah. So <laughs> it's weird. Um, you know, I hope they turn it around, but gosh, I mean, Vander High, like he'll have, you know, outings out of the bullpen where it's like, all right. But I'm seeing nothing out of Cam Brown, man. Nothing. Now it kind of reminds you of Johnny Ray. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what, getting- what's gonna be What's going to be crazy is that that kid's going to get to the next level and it's going to all of it's going to. Oh, it's going to click. And then you're going to see him and he's going to be like a top, a top three starter for a big league team for a long time. And you're just like, (laughs) well, that's great. I mean, I'm cheering for that to happen. (laughs) It's it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's more than, more than likely to happen that way. Could you imagine like if he got in the Rays, if he got in the Rays organization or the Indians organization, you know, these organizations. You mean the Guardians, Ray? Oh, yeah, Yeah. the Guardians. Excuse you, Ray. Ah, Ray. Ray. Ray's on probation. Podcast is done now. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we're at we're at 10 p.m. We've been going for about 45 minutes. Martin, I want to turn it over to you because you were in you were in Morgantown. So I'm just going to give you the open. I was in a lot of places. I know. So I'm going to give you the open floor. Um, just tell us your whole story, like observations and interesting things. And just let's talk about something entertaining other than losing baseball. All right. Um, I'll start the night before we flew to Washington, DC. Oh, one of my old work buddies hit me up. He was in town. He's like, yo, let's go to the bar. Like, okay. Like, who are you with? It was my old boss. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. I know yeah. where this is going the night before yeah, the do. flight. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going to go, but uh, I, don't know, I just missed my boy. So, so I go out there. And man, it was all right. It was all right. You know, a few hours was drinking. And then uh, we were going to go to this other bar, but um, they were closed. So then my boss is like, yo, let's go to my house. All right. So then he's like, Brings out some like spicy vodka or something like doing shots and 
we just we was getting a little too drunk. <laughs> and so I started talking shit about him. Oh no. Okay, so that's um, why. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you were okay. innocent. I was, but hold no, on. You're, so, uh, you're not innocent. Oh, so you then, so then my buddy, my buddy's like, uh, hey, uh, you didn't know this, but he's actually my uncle. So we worked together and that was his uncle. And um, I was like, dang. I was like, I always knew that there was something between y'all, but I didn't think that was your uncle. And then um, then I tell my boss, I was like, yo, I used to talk mad stuff about you to him just just so that he'd run and tell you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, he was getting a little annoyed. And um, uh, then my buddy started talking about his uncle's uh, hairline. Like he never got an edge up or whatever. He used to get the buzz cuts without the edge up. So he's flaming him. And so I said, okay, I don't care about your edge up, but what is this? And he had like a big old bald spot on there. And I was like, damn, like, that's bad. And so then after that, he like goes inside. He was really drunk. So he goes inside and he gets his gun. He's like pointing his gun at us. Well, like, what'd you say? You talking to me? Yeah. I didn't say shit. I heard something. Anyways, uh, yeah, tell he your story, gun. Martin. He got his gun and he's like, with it. A... <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then so he starts talking about um, pepper spray. And I was like, why would somebody like get pepper spray right now? Like we're having a good time or at least I was. And because uh... <laughs> yeah, you're talking shit. <laughs> so he comes I no longer feel bad for you. <laughs> he comes outside. And he he like. I've, I've never been pepper sprayed before. I, I didn't know. I thought it was supposed to like make a sound or something. And so he like turns off the light so I can't see anything. And uh, so then he like slams the door and he runs inside. And I'm like, did he did he spray it? And Were I'm just standing there. Huh? You feeling spicy? No, I wasn't. I think because I was drunk. But uh, then I touched my face. And there's like, it was like oil all over my face, all over my eyes, all over my cheek, all over my neck. And I was like, damn, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Did it clear out your sinuses? Yeah. So I just, I just calmly like take off my shirt, walk to the water hose and I'm just like blasting my eyes. And my buddy's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Why would you do that? And yada, yada. And why do you apologize? Oh, because it was his uncle. I don't know. He invited me over there and he walks Martin into this bear trap, is what he yeah, did. Yeah, I mean it was pretty yeah. much his fault. Anyway, yeah. uh, like, so, sounds like it's Martin's like, fault. <laughs> I went to apologize. I was like, get on, bitch. <laughs> yeah, so and then I drove to Ray's house and I'm like, hey Ray, might as well just take me to the airport now. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, okay, so, so you flew to D.C. Did Was yeah. there a statue of uh, Perk outside of the ballpark? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been in the training room. <laughs> That's <No>. funny. <laughs> um, oh, man, we watched so much in D.C. So Wednesday was when we went, and that was like 
that was probably the hardest 24 hours of my life because it started with me getting pepper sprayed right <laughs> and then so like i have that all day like i went home and i took a shower before we went to the airport but like i felt it all day and so uh you know we get on the airplane after not sleeping all night and we get to dc and then we get to our hotel and uh, we check in took another shower and um then we started walking around to all of the monuments and stuff saw the uh, lincoln memorial the washington monument i love dc so much uh the world war ii stuff the vietnam vietnam stuff uh the tidal basin uh smithsonian you go to the smithsonian yeah i went to the american history one which hell yeah um yeah i kind of wish i went to the natural history one dude dc is... says american history is mid it's it's just a lot of pop pop culture stuff which i remember when i was in dc i i did the same thing you did but i popped into a bar at about three o'clock just to get off my feet and uh wasn't very crowded and i'm sitting there having a drink and then there's a group just like arguing about politics as if oh, like man. it's as if it's like sports. Oh yeah, I'm like, there. I'm like man, it you know, is. like I'm not I'm not into politics. Yeah. At this point in my life, or at the point in my life when I was there, yeah. but I was like just being in that environment and that energy. I'm like, man, I kind of care about politics right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had the opposite reaction. I was like, I need to get out of here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Everything is like so political over there, and I I think it's because everybody works for like some kind of think tank or whatever. Yeah, they're either all like you know um, aides to a senator, yeah. or they're in media. Or you know, consultants. Yeah, yeah. Consultants. where it's, it's literally their livelihood. Yeah. They're all lobbyists. Yeah, yeah Matt, collected. you were in a yeah. You were in yeah. DC. What was your time like there? Like just from like a social aspect. Yeah. So it's a little bit different um, playing there because a lot of the guys, especially like the older guys, they all lived in Alexandria. So you live yeah. down in Virginia, you drive in that kind of stuff. Uh, the younger guys, you know, you stay kind of close. I know guys that stayed in Chinatown. I know guys that stayed right at the ballpark. So it's a little bit different scene. You know, you kind of catch that, you know, it's, it's a little bit uh, interesting, but if you definitely don't come from a, uh, if you come from a place where like politics are like a, just a no go, you get like really, really uh, influ- There's a huge influx into it. Like, all right, I got to be around this. This is going to be a thing. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's different, you know. Because the thing is, is I always talk about is like being a baseball player. You're almost like a transplant. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you, you don't like even guys that have been playing for a long time have been in cities. Like, you're not spending a ton of time like hanging out doing stuff. Like, you're mm-hmm. literally like at the ballpark, like it, like, it's just, it's what it is. So like people are talking like, oh, to how? your pitching coach and yeah, you're just, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I would be at the ballpark at, at noon for a seven o'clock game. You know what I mean? And like the game would be done at 1130. Yeah. So I go home at midnight. You know what I'm saying? So like you spend 12, 13, 14 hours at the stadium. So it's like, there's really not a whole lot of like daytime or like nighttime right. stuff that you know, happy doing. hours at 3 PM. You're not no, going to well, walk and see the cherry yeah, blossoms. Depends, you know, it depends. Well, you know, it depends on what, what team you're playing for. <laughs> so that could be mid game. You know, there's true. some teams that take happy hour mid game. Uh, but yeah, you're just a transplant. You know what I mean? So it's like, you really don't even ever truly see the city or become like a fabric part of it because you're just working honestly. And so it, it's crazy to think like you can spend, like six months of your life and you're like they're like hey how was it and you're like well i saw a little bit of it I was yeah at the ballpark yeah 
Man, it must suck being a major league baseball player. Like, <laughs> it's sounds, not glamorous sounds, at all. Sounds People don't need, you know, it's not fun. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When you get played, when you get paid to play video games and baseball for a living, it's a real good life. You, you Dude, write yeah. that out as long as you can. Man, I, I, I mean, I spent you know the first two decades of my life plus playing baseball and like. The only time I ever complained about it was like, God, there's a game every day. But then when you're a pitcher, it's there's a game a week. <laughs> yeah. like, this, like I can do this. I'd rather play every day. I'd rather play every day. Yeah. To be honest. So when you watch six straight games of baseball, you know, when you watch four games in a row of baseball, and sometimes it's not great baseball when it's depends on what minor leagues you're in, you're just like, Good lord, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Perfectly so paid in the 40s when pitchers pitched every game just all the way body doesn't hurt <laughs> nothing feels nothing feels. well yeah when you're fastball 71 miles an hour yeah. you can't pitch every day. <laughs> yeah. i can do this all day left and right <laughs> left and right let's do it yeah all right martin go ahead go ahead uh i i actually didn't see any cherry blossoms in oh. dc uh it was weird I'll finish DC. So later, yeah, let's. I want to get to Morgantown. I want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So later that night, went to a Nationals game. They were playing the Orioles, um, and Nationals Park. Not that great. Wish I wish I was. Ooh, Matt. Matt. Yeah, Matt. What's your rebuttal to that? It would have been words, Matt. It would have been better if there was like a perk statue somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Retired his number. Yeah. Yeah. Right next to Zimmerman. (laughs) Um. Man, just wasn't really impressed. And then uh, it seems like a cool spot for a day game, like from what I've seen on TV. Yeah, I mean, it looked cool on the when they're in the World Series. It's right there by the it's like by the Navy Pier or something. Yeah, it's right about. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. right there. I mean, it's in, it's actually in a pretty good spot um, yeah. as far as like there's some stuff that, and it's grown tremendously, you know, just even um, since because like when I was when I was there, like that that area just started like they had just started putting stuff in, um, you know, and, and it's a good spot. Like I said, you're right there off the train you yeah. know it's easy for people to get like in and out which makes it big time and so like it's actually it's a good good spot for a ballpark for them just in i mean because if you think about dc you're like where the heck are we going to play you know what i mean like mm-hmm. where are you going to put this that's not going to be like in the way or hard to get to and so it's actually here? it's a good spot yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what i thought it might be yeah yeah <laughs> Uh-huh. But, uh, oh, and it's funny because so that whole day I was riding the metro. Uh, I got my rental car the next day, but I was riding the metro, riding the bus, riding the circulator. And uh, so Ray's like, he texted me something about the train, which the train is like four blocks away from the stadium. But when you've been walking all day, it doesn't feel like it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what? Dude. And that's that's something I want to talk to you about, Jacob, because uh, you don't have a car right now. And you take you take public transit every day. Like, damn, dude, it's sometimes just so easy to just drive somewhere and park and just walk in. Yeah, I'm I'm coming up on two years of this life, and man, the walks are getting longer. I've I I think it's run its course, and I'm ready to get a car again because <laughs> it's just, and it's the same walk every day. It's almost like you know you're literally retracing your steps and stepping on the same exact spot, and just yeah. starts to get monotonous. We gotta get you a scooter. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I and I have rollerblades. I should use those. Even better. Even better. They probably get stolen on the dart. 
Like Jeez. if you if you want to know how this is, is in Chicago, the White Sox, the players lot, the players lot is like in like I'm trying to think. It's in like right center field or or yeah. the equivalent, like dead center, right center. That's where the players lot is. Well, the home home clubhouse is third base. Like, and it's not a short walk. This is a 10 minute like be there right. walk. And I'm I'm not kidding you. Gross. We had a guy come through that that pitched scooters, and I think we might have had 25. Like, and so we had, we had, they had to make a scooter parking lot and like guys would like finish games. And then like their wife and kids would be like outside the locker room, they'd give them a hug and then they just scoot away and they would walk to the car while they would just ride their scooters out. (laughs) We got to get you a scooter. It makes, it makes a difference. You know, people look at you weird. I I ripped that thing at TCU. That's I'm not kidding you. I would park at the baseball, baseball stadium. Like I was like, I'm not fighting parking here. I'm not getting into all this garbage i'm just gonna park at the stadium and i i literally rode my scooter from the from the stadium up to class and back every day and that's what kirk does right kirk takes yeah. his golf cart you got a golf cart the- that'd be baller um deon sanders and all these videos of practice he's riding around practice on on a segway <laughs> like a ride around camp like on like the facility in a segway mm-hmm. it was just kind of like weaving and out of people who are walking <laughs> it's pretty funny i don't blame um, boulder's a uh, big campus there's a lot of yeah you do a there's lot only of got nine there. toes but martin <laughs> I, I will say like the walking sucks but then i'm just zooming everybody that's in deadlock traffic and i'm scrolling on my phone checking out twitter that's pretty mm-hmm. nice i i think so. it's just like hard to do every single day the yeah the, the transit um, grind it, for sure, yeah. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a, about a year, and I, I think I think it's hit its you know hits full life expectancy. I think it's regional though. Life. It's it's definitely where you are. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. in that in like that area, like that's just that's the way of life. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more of a hassle to have a car, but like down here, it's exactly. Like doing- and that's why that, that's why I originally sold my truck was because you know I'm paying you know insurance and interest and it just sits in my parking garage while i'm you know walking or ubering everywhere and yeah the the dc metro i mean that goes like everywhere yeah Whereas you don't really have that many places in in dallas or well i mean i think i think it's um you know i've done chicago and new york and all and dallas isn't that bad if you're living in the right area like i'm seven minutes away from the train stop and it drops me off five minutes from my office that's not that bad. You know, like if you're just staying around Dallas or like, you know, Las Colinas or you're going up north, you know, it's it's pretty great. Smart how's um, Morgantown? Yeah, let's get to Morgantown. You see any burning couches? That's all I hear about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did see a fire, but I, I cannot confirm if there was a couch or not. Is that why there's a huge furniture store in the backdrop of the stadium? Uh, I think people just parked there. I, I didn't even I didn't even see I didn't even see anybody actually go in that store. Well, because so they only need to people, when they're winning, you know, when they're burning couches and they have to And it's pretty much just football, right? Yeah, it's probably football. Oh, because they're they're so Morgantown's uh baseball field is like a like a minor league ballpark that they share with like a an A ball team. So it's not even well. They have a huge campus, and it is like at the yeah. edge, one side of the campus, but it's not really very intimate. And then they got the uh, like the strip mall stuff in the background, which is funny because West Virginia like takes pictures at angles where you can't see the buffalo. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. But I was being roasted on Twitter for pointing mm. out like the announcers saying, oh, West Virginia's got one of the best views in college baseball. And mm. then I show a picture. Well, this is the view and it's a Buffalo Wild Wings in a furniture store. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you. Yeah, there's here. a classy hibachi place there. Okay, like, come on. <laughs> is it outdated? Is, is is sorry? Is the park outdated? Yeah, I think it was built like in the '80s. Uh, so it's obviously it's turf, and then they got <clears throat> hate they turf got, like, patches on the turf where it's all worn down. It looks like it looks like they got rugs on second base. Like if somebody mm-hmm. slid too hard, they'd probably go under that. <laughs> I wonder how it compares to other stadiums in that region. I don't know if you go to like down south to North Carolina, the facilities Uh improve, but from Virginia up and getting into that northeast area, I can't imagine baseball facilities are top priority. So like I think in North Carolina, I think they are top priority like UNC. Yeah, for sure. Down there, just starting from like D.C. up. Yeah, like Marshall. Probably all the Ohio schools, I don't think they probably care about their ballpark. I think because they used to have that uh rookie league or something over there, a lot of uh a lot of um the organizations that don't exist anymore uh in the Appalachians. So there's probably a lot of colleges that share ballparks with another single A team or rookie league team. Yeah. Um so how was the environment during the game? I mean, obviously it was you know, a pretty happy crowd, but it looked Morgan, full on Friday. I think it looked full. Yeah, it, it was full. They're good. Uh, West Virginia, you know, they, they support their team when they're good. Um, it's like everybody in Morgantown, their whole wardrobe is just West Virginia stuff. Like, not even at any games. Like everybody's just any restaurant you go to, everybody's just wearing West Virginia shirts, West Virginia hats everywhere. Man, there is Man. something to be said for a true, true college town. Like it's, yeah. it's, those are my kind of my favorite places to go, especially if you just say like sports. Yeah. Like a, like that's why when people talk crap about love, like I'm like, I kind of love it there. Morgantown. Man is it's very cool like yeah it's it's beautiful right it's beautiful and it's like unique as far as like you probably can't replicate that anywhere like you know there's there's some places you know some colleges are like in big cities or like yeah uh, on the coast or whatever but this is like a small town in the mountains and everybody loves that school it feels like you're excluded from society not, not this, not to say Morgantown's not society, but it's like their own isolated part of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's like we all we got, you know. Yeah, exactly. I feel attacked um, because my whole wardrobe's just TCU gear. I know I get made fun of that too. Like I, I always hear, "Do you own anything that's not purple?" <laughs> well, it's because all their shirts look the same. It's like they got the ones that they give out for free at the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that in the crowd. Um, did you find any good restaurants or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, I was surprised that I found some good Mexican food. Uh, it was not in Morgantown. Well, actually I did eat some good Mexican food in Morgantown, but there's this one, uh, it was in Harrisonburg, Virginia, when I was driving from DC to Morgantown. Um, it was called like tequila, Mexican 
modern Mexican food or something. It was like brand new place. Um, the food was delicious. The guy was like, yo, you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah. And then he hooked it up because I guess I'm like the only guy that speaks Spanish in Virginia <laughs> um, that doesn't work at a Mexican restaurant. Um, how are the people? Did Did you interact with the people at all? In Morgantown? Yeah. Extremely nice people. Um, a couple, a couple people told me to go back to where I came from, <laughs> like Texas or farther south. <laughs> <laughs> but the, for the most part, everybody was <laughs> everybody was really nice. Um, so I, I feel like I feel like Morgantown, West Virginia. Okay, so. I think everybody except for Ray has been to Morgantown. Yeah. Do you consider West Virginia a southern state or a midwestern state? Eastern. Southern. It's a southern state. Uh, it's a southern state. However, well, seeing your text messages and tweets, I, it's a southern state. I don't really have an opinion there. I'll pass. That's rare uh, for me. So <laughs> yeah, I celebrate think, this not having I, an opinion. <laughs> I think actually being there, I think for the most part, the state is a southern state, but I think Morgantown is midwestern because they're like an hour from Pittsburgh, and mm. everybody's like aw shucks. And somebody called it pop, so mm. I'm gonna give mid. I'm gonna give Morgantown to the midwesterns, and then they got well. Did you it's have cool. a pizza roll? Pizza rolls suck, actually. Um, not a fan. Yeah. Um, a lot of hype. Not a fan. I don't know if it's because Garrett was texting me that to do a nine by nine by nine challenge with. Oh, <laughs> so, like, he's texting me about it. And I'm like, when I'm trying to eat the pepperoni roll, I guess I'm just subconsciously thinking about eating nine of them. Oh god! Oh, man. <laughs> I just wanted to throw up, so I don't know if that's why. But uh, pepperoni rolls are pretty mid. Uh, they did have some good uh, oven. What is that? Fire oven pizzas? Oh yeah, brick oven. oven. Yeah, brick oven. Yeah, they did. They did have some good pizza. What was it like Mountain State Brewery or or Morgantown Brewery? Yeah, I think that's where I went after the game in fourteen, where Obercrown won. That that was my trip to Morgantown. Martin, who'd you hang we, out with uh, this weekend? Um, my wife. Uh, the uh, um, for the majority, <laughs> it was probably the Bowens, and then a little bit with the Browns. Nice folks, very nice folks. Um, yeah, David and um, Chris. Chris. Yeah, sorry, I was, I was burping tmi uh yeah they were big supporters of the nine by nine by nine so we love yeah. them yeah. um okay so we're getting pretty far on time i want to pay off some twitter questions martin do you have any uh last notes on your trip oh so the reason i didn't watch the game on sunday is because I, I went to pittsburgh and i watched um the pirates at pnc park and the reds hoed me so bad because um <laughs> nicola dolo was supposed to pitch on sunday and he got rocked his last start, and so they pushed him back. Damn. 
Yeah, so I, I, I saw some dude named like Hunter Green. You got to see Hunter Green. He's only got the liveliest arm and all. Ray loves Hunter Green. Okay, this he dude's lost. throwing a hundred five. Yeah, he got he got lit up, Ray. No, he only gave Straight up like one ball. earned run. He was like a one. <laughs> They lost two to zero, and then like the pirates are like one of the. He didn't best get it teams. done. He didn't get it done, Ray. Dude, I uh, can't speak. The other guys putting up Green. a zero. His job's to put up a zero. Hunter oh, Green's yeah. out there throwing uh, 105 miles an hour straight. Uh, the, straight. the dude for all day. Pittsburgh all day. Just send it right back up the middle, baby. Uh, what's all his name? Like Hunter Velasquez or something. <laughs> Yeah, Vince was, Velasquez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was throwing like a, a no hitter through five, and I was like, man, this game's so boring. And it was so cold, and it was so empty. I've never been to a good National League game in my entire life. Every National League game I've been to has been so boring. The, well, well, I mean, they, they it's the different, man. Now. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, we actually get a rally. Like, we got two guys on, uh, two out. Oh, the freaking pitcher's up. I'm going <laughs> to go to the bathroom. worry about that anymore. Yeah, they, well, yeah. The game's different. But um, yeah, I get it. I get it. Dude, they have like the best, one of the best records in the National League. And all weekend, their attendance was like 30%. I mean, it's like the Reds. The Reds don't yeah. draw anyone. Okay. The Reds have the worst record or one of the worst teams in the National League. The Pirates are a poverty franchise and they will always stay there until the <laughs> owner sells the team. God, that's like, like so their bad payroll because... every year is $35 million. Do you remember yes. when they were in the playoffs and, um, you know, they were really good? Well, I guess playoff good at least. And the whole stadium was in black and it was just loud as hell from first pitch to last. Yeah, it was it's like just like the A's. Part. Like you watch those. No, it's not of, like the A's. It's oh, not no, like no, no, dude. Because watch the A's when they're in the Las playoffs. Vegas, the Las Vegas yeah. Athletics. Yeah. Okay, Ray, I'll watch the A's when they're in the playoffs. No, okay. That, that's a deal I will a, make with you. I'm going to find a video and I'm going to send it to you of the what they called the jungle. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, but the stadium sucks. Okay. The stadium does suck. PNC Park, top two in the country, in my opinion. Amazing stadium. Yeah. And it when just, the crowd's in all black, and yeah. oh, man, I was like, dang, how are they? How are the Pirates ever going to lose a game? Yeah. Anyway, so let's, um, Martin. That's that's cool. Uh, hope you had a good trip. Sounds like you did. Um, let's finish off with some Twitter questions because we're going way late. <laughs> um, where do I want to start? Okay, so. What are your thoughts on the Fermi paradox? That's from um, this guy's Twitter name is always hard for me to read. At Tentakill Rex, what the is Fermi the Fermi paradox? paradox? What is that? I have no idea what that is. Well, um, I did some extensive five minute research on this because I knew you guys would just be blinking back at me when I read this question. So essentially, it's a, a researcher from the fifties. I don't I don't remember his field. But he was trying to explain the gap between evidence of extraterrestrial life and lack of evidence of extraterrestrial life actually visiting Earth. So let me ask this question a different way. Have any of you guys ever seen an alien? Yeah, Hunter Green. Yeah, that, that was going to be my joke, too. I was going to say <laughs> Kyler Murray cleared the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, Mason Miller for the uh, the A's. Dude, get off the A's, Ray. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not... just on a big fantasy um, baseball kick, and these are all guys on my team. Another, so you don't I'm care not going to baseball. Read. I want to <laughs> commend you guys for building a brand that is now um, a target of um, trolling opposing fans. 
like we're getting that in the ads now. So nice. Kudos to you guys. Um, we asked those. Okay. In uh, Katie Peters, 99, Kevin, in honor of the Peagle, what two animals would you want to splice together to make a super animal? Mm. There is one correct answer here and I'll give it to you just to make it easy. It's the cheetah and the gorilla. That's an undefeated animal right there. It doesn't even <laughs> need to fly. It's over. What's gorilla the name of it? Well, you, it's, it's not going to have a cool name. All right. Just, I've already tried to think that one through. But you're talking about an animal running, what, 40 miles an hour with the strength of a gorilla? Forget it. Dude, what about uh, there was that 90s cartoon of uh, the sharks? Cat dog. No, no, no. Of the no. sharks that would, uh, they were like a street fighting gang or something. Do y'all know I mean, what cartoons you were watching? Bro? Man. I was hey, watching, Ray, I was watching this part of the podcast and, out in post edits. No, what was the animal though? Like it was fused with what, like shark and what? It, I think it was like a shark and a human. I actually yeah. know what he's talking about. Shark oh, from, from my gorilla cheetah is kicking that animal's ass. I was I would say probably like a hippo shark. Oh, hippo! It was called street sharks. Hippos, a great one. Have you guys ever watched videos on hippos? Yes. What if I, I went down a uh, rabbit hole with hippos? Went, oh my god, they're amazing, amazing animals. Um. Okay. What the fuck? Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I didn't know what you were doing, Ray. Showing uh, the street sharks. You're bogging. What kind of bootleg channel <laughs> was this yeah. on? Real, dude. Like, what is this? Is this it's, like a Japanese uh, cartoon no, channel? Or? It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with a different fucking animal. <laughs> I think I kind of yeah. remember those. It is. To be honest with you. I think they sold toys at yeah. Walmart. With the, anyway, um, let's see. Do you guys use a pre-workout mix? If so, what type? Should I worry about my high blood pressure? Um, I won't endorse any particular brand unless I want to sponsor us, but uh, that's from TCU Lotus Leaves. Adam, good friend of the pod. I would say if you're worried about your blood pressure with pre-workout, then cycle off of it every few months. Just like go three months and then take a couple weeks off and you know, kind of reset things. And then it, it, it's great for... It, you get a much better workout with pre-workout, so... I don't work out and I have high blood pressure. What <laughs> <up>? <laughs> um, let's see. So I won't read. People were just kind of venting and everything. So shout out to Anna, Tom, um, Thomas Cochran, and no shout out to the trolls. So uh, that wraps Kirk, up I have questions. One last Twitter question for you. Um. How come uh, this year, whenever TCU hits a home run, you really don't see any dancing coming from the bullpen? Because we're down to that? number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, any know. closing thoughts, guys? We're, this has been a long episode, and it seems like that's what happens when I host. <laughs> yeah, we don't have uh, MK here. We, we don't have our... Our dad here. Well, he he, 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 he MK clock. like MK really really worries about keeping it at an hour. I'm me not so much, but I do want to wrap up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got to edit. This. Okay, closing thoughts. Ray, go. Okay. <laughs> uh, big week for your frog ball. It it is perk. It is a big week. You get text anytime Texas comes to town. It's a big week. No matter if both teams are in the dumpster right now, I mean, but it is. I mean, like you said earlier, yeah, it can, can turn around. 
it, it can turn around. And, and if it doesn't, they're not going to be the Big 12 tournament, which we <laughs> are we doing okay, clown they're suits be in the Big 12 tournament. They're going to be in the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> is the are clown they? suit is it, is it, is it applicable to non tournament? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to have to do it a weekend before uh, their last home series? <laughs> no, we'll be fine. Um, Martin, they're, they're still going to have the Big 12 tournament. I'm not going if well, no, TCU's no, not Martin, there. Martin, he's saying that like we can miss the tournament to get all together. Yeah, like we'll finish ninth and miss the tournament. Is he in last place? Why is he talking about this? Well, we're like, we're I think one, we're a we're game one, up on Baylor or yeah, something. TCU's almost in no, last no. place. No, for the pick them for the for post game picks. Oh, I haven't checked this saying, week. It doesn't matter because TCU fans wouldn't be there, so. You're just gonna have a bunch of blinking eyes coming from Kansas State fans as they're looking at you, going "Emal, Emal, Emal." Don't let them win the conference, please. Anybody but them. Any any other closing thoughts, Matt Martin? Uh, play better. Um, <laughs> shout out to TCU tennis. They beat Texas and won the Big Twelve today. Heck yeah, so. Sandy Frogs going next weekend too. Yeah, so there's some positivity there. Also. Um, regardless of how you feel about the team's performance, understand this is Braden Taylor's final year and, uh, it's a pleasure to watch him play baseball. So, you know, don't give up on the team yet. They can turn it around. And if not, at least you get to watch Braden play baseball. So that's my final thought. All right, guys. Um, good show. Given the circumstances, I don't think any of us really wanted to pod tonight, but you know, like, you know, lesser men would not have potted. So I commend y'all. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll be back this week. Um, we got some things on the docket and, uh, yeah, Texas this weekend. Really appreciate you guys listening, even though things are down. Uh, this has been post game beers. We'll see you guys out at Lupton. Go frogs. Go frogs. Go frogs.